Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, hosted by two entrepreneurs, Chris Beoso and Armando Pantoja. Tune in to learn more about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast, hosted by Chris, myself, and Armando. If this is your first time joining the Latin Wealth Podcast, we drop a new episode every single Friday of the week. So if that sounds like something that's interesting to you and you want to tune into, be a part of the family, be a part of the journey. Um, with that being said, Armando, how are you doing today? I'm great, man. How are you guys doing? Man, blessing well, blessing well. Before um, we, we let the people know who we got on today, we have a special guest. And before I introduce him, I want to give some background on who he is and what he does. He's a Puerto Rican content creator who is absolutely killing it on TikTok right now. He has over 800,000 followers uh, on TikTok, which is incredible. Uh, he makes very entertaining and informative content about Puerto Rican culture and, and uh, content relating to the Latin community. He's doing an amazing job. He's killing it. Got a good heart. Good dude. Uh, welcome, Dean, on the podcast. How you doing, bro? Wow, wow, that was that was a really beautiful intro. You gonna make me uh, tear up over here, bro? <laughs> it's all good. You know, we always got to do it right for the people. So, how you doing, though? I'm very, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, man. I'm very fortunate to be here today. Thank you guys for bringing me on. It means a lot coming from y'all. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, with that being said, man, on this podcast, we like to jump right into the podcast. So we like to jump into your your background and how you became the content creator that you are today. I know before we hit record, you said you, you moved around a little bit. So we're, we're really curious to know how you got to where you're at in life. Word, word, word. So I'm born and raised in the Bronx, New York. Um, been living here for the majority of my life. Um, then I moved uh, to Westchester for a couple of years for high school. And then after that, I went to College of Rhode Island. Then I lived in Miami for a while, too. And then I moved uh, back to Rhode Island to finish uh, college. Then I lived in Panama for three months. I lived in Africa for a month and then moved back to New York after. And then after seeing what the world can provide and what's really out there, I was just like, I'd much rather live in Puerto Rico, where my family comes from. My family comes from the countryside. They're from Cialis. Yeah. Where, where, where the, the, the Jabaros, the Jabaros, <laughs> yeah. So, my, my family comes from the countryside of Puerto Rico, and I just felt like after seeing that there's a world bigger than New York, I was just like, New York's overrated for me, and I, I wasn't really growing any aspect of my life, and I was just like. I'm out to Puerto Rico. So after a couple yeah. of years in New York, yeah. I was just like, I'm out. Peace, New York. And I've been here for about a year, year and a half. And I'm staying here. I'm staying here. That's uh, yeah. that's great that you did that, man. Because, I mean, you guys know I played basketball in Puerto Rico. And I was there for a few, a couple of years. And I think it's important for people of Puerto Rican descent to spend a few years there, especially when you're in your 20s, like you're doing right now. It, it changes your life completely. Like that was one of the most fundamental or four minute, you know, it formed me going forward, like fundamentally different, right? I'm, I mm -hmm. changed completely once, once being there for those years. So that's a great thing you're doing, man. Well, I really appreciate mm -hmm. it. I've learned a lot, a lot. I feel like I had to grow up pretty fast over here. Yeah. So. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so I'm curious, I'm curious, man. When, when did this TikTok journey begin? Did it begin in New York? Did it begin in Puerto Rico? Do you have to find something to do? Like when did it begin? <laughs> you? It began in college. Um, of 2015, 
believe it or not. Really? It, it's, yeah. Oh, yeah, you told me that. Go ahead. Yes. So <laughs> before TikTok was TikTok, it was known as Musical.ly. So when it was mm-hmm. Musical.ly, I, when I, I was one of the first OGs to like hop on the bandwagon back then. And then it was there. It was just creating silly lip sync or dance videos, stuff like that, light stuff like that. And then, you know, as time went on, the company was eventually bought and converted into TikTok. But I was still able to keep my platform. I was still able to keep my followers. And I was still mm-hmm. able to keep the crown that was, was the verification for Musical.ly. But then it convert, uh, converted into a blue check mark, which was the verified account. So I, I was like, my journey started there and I took a break because then I realized TikTok wasn't all that. It was more like for ages, like five and 10. I was just like, right, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of done here for a little bit, but I never deleted the account. And then when quarantine happened, I was like, all right, time to start doing what I like to do is record content, record videos. And then that's when the pandemic happened. And then it just took off from there. So that's a, that's a story. That's a common story. A lot of people in that pan, in the pandemic, a lot of people saw opportunity and they were able to grow there. A lot of people didn't. So there's like opportunities in life like that. Whenever some people yeah. see it as a negative, some people see it as a positive. And I think a lot of, you know, times in life are like that, crises or whatever. Where you got to make the best out of everything. You know, I believe yeah. there's, whether it's bad, there's good, you know, and exactly. it's, it's, it's about, it's a matter of mindset and perspective. You know, you yeah. could either sit and sulk or you can sit on your phone and like, you know, be entertained or be the entertainer, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm, the supply side that. economics. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, on that, the demand side of the supply side, whenever there's oh, a trend, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm curious, man, when, when you hop back on TikTok, how big was, how big was your following and what type of content were you creating in the beginning? So when I first started, uh, when I redid obviously the account, I was already at like 600, not even, not even like I want to say like 500,000 followers at the time, but it was, um, it was what I started posting was more fun, Puerto Rican creative stuff. And then one of my first viral videos that took off was like, obviously the Puerto Rican Dominican battle, which was either mm-hmm. rice, which was uh, pegao or con con. <laughs> and that, that one just went to Instagram immediately after. And then that's when I made it on Team Dominican, Team Puerto Rico, Vine Boricua, like all these other pages. And I was like, oh, this might be a thing. So I just kept rolling with it since. So it's my yeah, fault that we started that beat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so I'm curious. I mean, at this point, like you post um, that video and you said this can be a thing. When did you really think like, okay, this could be a career. Like I can start monetizing off this. Maybe I can start making money off this. Um, you know, there's a program that you recently were a part of a creative, a TikTok creative program, which is super dope. I love for you to talk about that as well. But word, when word. did it really be, when did it really become a reality that like, yo, I can do this for real. I think when people started reaching out to me to talk about certain topics, whether it was historically or politically, because mm-hmm. I was already um, informing the folks whether about indigenous Taino history, pan-Caribbean love, um or or modern politics or defending uh if there was any like sort of like a uh, racist talk towards puerto rico i will be the first to step up to the plate and i i, I was very raunchy with my mouth i was very um open uh, outspoken you know and i think that's what really caught the crowd and caught a lot of love and hate at the same time but then 
after keep people kept like reaching out to me and informing me like yo we need you to talk about this i would love for you to talk about this like yo we need people to speak up on this topic i was just like well there's like people depending on me mm-hmm. at now to talk about this stuff and i'm not even a reporter that's not what i wanted to do but you're, i'm gonna say what has to be said you're a new yeah. age reporter right it's, yeah it's exactly exactly <laughs> I'm I'm like uncensored Telemundo, like <laughs> that's, that's the new wave, man. That's the new yeah. wave, direct to the audience, man. It's, it's, yeah, that's what's, that's what things are changing, man. And I was glad that you're able to ride the wave of the change. Word, word. And I feel like that that was it was at that moment I was just like, you know, maybe maybe it's time to take it a little bit more seriously. And mm-hmm. I was and at, at that time too, I was still living in New York, so I was just like, mm, if I'm gonna talk about Puerto Rico and be everything about Puerto Rico, this is my sign that I gotta get. To Puerto Rico, you know. Mm-hmm. Was from there, was we, like, yeah. My bad. Go ahead. No, and I was like, from that moment, I was like, mm, yeah, maybe a one a one way ticket would be the way. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's, so I got two questions. Um, when did you? I, before you moved to Puerto Rico, how often would you go back to Puerto Rico, and how did you deal with the hate or the the other opinions that other people had about what you were saying? Um, the negative opinions and whatnot. I'm sure you got a, a lot of it with, with a huge following. Um, how did you deal with that? Like, was it, you know what I'm saying? Like, how did you deal with that? So for as many times as I was going to Puerto Rico pre-pandemic, I was there like once every four or five months, whether it be a weekend or or carnival or, or anything or also like the long, like big events that would go on. And then... When it came to me um, receiving that that hate and that love, I knew it was something that was going to come. But mm-hmm. I looked at it more as they're going to hate and they're going to keep uh, talking their stuff in the comments or they're going to keep tagging me in the, all these other videos that are you know geared in a negative way towards me. But that is going to be also used to boost my platform. So they're, at the end of the day, they're really helping me out by yeah. growing and enhancing my, you know, learning capabilities because I can still learn from harsh criticism as well. I can learn how to take a better approach. I can learn a different perspective or different history or different mindset with that. So I take whatever is thrown my way as a lesson or like um, something that's mm-hmm. or opportunity to grow, whether that's mm-hmm. on the platform or something that I just want to learn, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, man, what, what are some of like the biggest misconceptions that people have as being a Puerto Rican? Like what, what are some things that people just don't understand? Maybe they're ignorant about, um, let, let the people know, especially you living on the Island. I'm sure there's some things that people just don't know or understand. It's always, always, always what is Puerto Rico? You're mm-hmm. a Commonwealth, you're a territory, you live off us, you live X, Y, Z. And just like, bro, it's, <laughs> it's like they simplify it. They hopeless or they over oversimplify it to something of that's like really misconcept, which is we are a colony. And a lot of people tend to look over. No, you're a territory. You're not a colony. You're a territory or you're a commonwealth or all these other things. It's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're living off of us. No, it's actually you're living off of Puerto Rico to pay off your debts to China, mm-hmm. to use our money, to pay, use your money for wars and stuff. There's always that misconception. That's one of the biggest things that I've countered every single day. 
and people still to this very day, even after the Olympics with Jasmine Camacho Quinn, you know, they're always mm -hmm. just like, oh, wait, I didn't know Puerto Rico had its own um, the Olympic team. I didn't know they were their own thing. Are they still part of Puerto USA? They're like somewhat USA. I'm just like, oh, my God. The, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's, it's still that confusion. I don't get it, man. It's not hard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, and that's yeah. the thing, too. It's, it's, it's not something that's talked about in U.S. history or any history yeah, because it's, it's kind of, it's kind of shoved under the rug. Like, our history is a little bit, you know, has a little bit of bloodstains on it, you know? Yeah, I know. So, it's mm -hmm. something that needs to be talked about because once we have that conversation in school and we have a better understanding, we're not ignorant to having these everyday conversations that I have to keep going mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. But this is what I love to talk about. So, we can, it's like, that's my platform, you know? So, I'm curious, could you break it down for the people, the differences? Because um, I'm not going to lie, the way I grew up, especially out here in California, like I was grew up to knowing that Puerto Rico was a territory of the United States. Right. And that's just what we were taught. Um, right. Break it down. For, obviously, that's different now, but break it down for the people that maybe still have that belief and they still think that way. What's the difference? Um, and, you know, where do you stand on the direction that Puerto Rico is going? Um, so to break it down very simply is that it's a territory means it's part of USA. But it's more to simplify it. It's more like a, a stepson or a stepchild of the USA where they're entitled to certain things from USA, like a passport, um, like uh, um, money, um, like easy flight traveling and stuff and like things uh, shipped goods to Puerto Rico. That's that's the oversimplification of what it means to be ter territory commonwealth but to break it down historically as you look at u.s history in terms of england you look at puerto rico's history in terms of usa it's the modern colony where we have a tremendous debt that is unfortunately paid with the blood sweat and tears of the people that had nothing to do with it here because it all mm -hmm. comes from wall street vultures it all comes from big, uh, big corporations that try to make a business here and failed, but now they lost money in the process. And that all goes back to the USA. So it's like mm -hmm. a never ending process of uh, what we call <clears throat> the modern colony mm. today. Mm. Mm. You have a question, Armando? No, I don't have anything. Uh, I mean, a lot of stuff you're talking about, I knew some of it, but when I was researching mm -hmm. for the documentary, uh, I learned a mm -hmm. lot of stuff that's like been swept under the rug. I, you know, I learned that there was like active rebellions in Puerto Rico, uh, right. independent movement. Like you don't hear, you know, you never hear about that, that those things because they don't want you to know how powerful, you know, that, that we almost got, right? That was mm -hmm. almost like, it was several times where Puerto Rico actually became independent. And there mm -hmm. was a, a rebellion. There was one time that like, that uh, they the US government bombed San Juan from like the, the ocean. Or, stop a rebellion you know they they um they also they they dropped um bombs from uh planes in um the countryside of Hayuya Utuado area yeah, as well too yeah. i was just like damn like to man, stop dude. rebellions cuz they were getting mo people were getting mobilized like real exactly. militaries yeah so they had to stop it exactly so i know there's always talks about um does puerto rico want to be an independent or not you know where do you stand on that and i'm curious like what what's the what's the talks in puerto rico about that conversation is it something that the people 
want or is it something that the people don't want is it split you know what what are you hearing and what do you see from that it's honestly it's it's very 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 it's like a sensitive topic people get really like mm-hmm. butthurt about it you know when yeah, you bring yeah. up the topic of status you don't you don't have to you don't have to talk about it if you don't oh no no I, I will i will this is what okay. i love to do <laughs> <laughs> this is what i love to do but if, if you ever come to puerto rico like not everybody's just as open as me oh, or like, sure. a couple other people yeah. I don't know um, if you want to go down this rabbit hole, man, but if you want to, it's, <laughs> you know, people get angry about that, man. They get like murderous about it. Yeah, they, they get really? hurt because they, you know, there's it's people that um I what I tend to see it's more conservative or older generation that wants to be the state. But mm-hmm. if you have a conversation with the local, um, more patriotic, more um younger generation, they tend to be they want independence. Um mm-hmm. Me, I want independence, even though I'm born and raised from in USA, like from mm-hmm. the Bronx, you know, but I still have family from here. And when I started learning about my own history, about learning the capabilities and the contributions, not only to, to the United States, but to the world, I'm like, bro, we can, we, we don't need USA. USA is living mm-hmm. off of us. We mm-hmm. give more to USA than USA gives to us at the end mm. of the day i'm leaning more towards independence and i still believe in that even though as a status right now with the very controversial statehood vote um it's nothing's changed like election year was already a year ago and we're still the same and that's how it's been since our first referendum in the 60s and then the other one in the 80s it's never changed mm. the only op- opportunity that i believe that i still somewhat have faith in is the Nitty Velasquez AOC bill where it's a self-determination act where um, if it gets approved by the government, um, Puerto Rico, you know, makes a vote, makes a decision, and USA automatically acknowledges that, whether it's a state, whether it's independence, whether it's a new, um, uh, what's it called, a new free state association where we're equal like USA, mm. but we're still USA citizens where we can cut off whenever we want. And we're still entitled to all these things that we, we get at the same time, which is that middle decision. Mm. It's kind of like, Tex- like Texas is right now. Yeah. Because yeah, they're really. going through their own um, situation in Texas, right? Now, Texas is always, it built itself up as a separate country. So they can just, mm. they have everything their own, they own everything. So anytime they want, they could just uh, get away, you know, move away from the US and they'll sell, yeah. they, they've, they have a set, the grid, the electric grid is self-sustaining. Everything is self-sustaining, the so they gas, can easily cut yeah. off. And that's part yeah. of the way they built their government and the way they move forward, mm-hmm. right? So, cause that's, they always want the, op, the option to, to cut off the U.S. anytime they want. Yeah. So uh, I could see uh, a structure like that working in Puerto Rico. Definitely, pretty, definitely. Pretty, pretty crazy. So uh, Armando, love to get you, on, get you in on here. Um, you were recently in Puerto Rico filming a documentary i don't know if you want to give too much information about it but you had dean on the podcast or dean on the documentary uh dean i would love to get your perspective on everything that armando's doing armando if you want to kind of um talk about what you guys were doing out there um and dean i'd love to get your your uh, perspective on that so uh the documentary is about uh the the working title which i had to change it because people got angry about the title you know, yeah, seen, so I mean, I people. So the working title was like, "By damn. the Island," right? And I just picked some because you know, "By the Block." They were talking about, like, you know, it was in the urban neighborhoods, "By the Block." So I was like, "By the Island," right? I, I just came cool. up with something, <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm gonna just buy the Island," right? And man, I got so much hate because of that title. 
like all these people out of the woodwork came to me at the like the anti the, uh, the the communists in Puerto Rico said that you can't own not the land and then people were like that threats and stuff and like I'm I'm like an outsider bringing like colonizers to the island and I was like and I and I just thought about it. I said well maybe that title is a little bit too aggressive you know <laughs> maybe it should be something like, like but but I I lived in Puerto Rico in 2004 like the, the what the documentary is about for you to answer your question it's about uh, encouraging poor, you know, Puerto Ricans, the dysphoria, like we call them, to, that left the island to come back and reinvest in the island before, before the corporates take, corporations take over, which they're doing right now. So you got a choice, mm -hmm. right? Corporations going to take over, build resorts, and you got, it's already getting bad in Puerto Rico. A lot, there's a lot of anger with the tourists that are there. That they're, they're getting cheaper and cheaper flights. More and more tourists are coming in, and they're disrespecting Puerto Rican natives, the police department, everything. Down in Condado, it's people are angry down there because it's getting worse, right? And they're disrespecting, they're not listening to police. They're, I mean, it's bad, you know, and it's getting worse. And corporations are buying up land. There's, I actually looked down in the Perla when I was there, which is one of the worst areas in Puerto Rico. It was, and there's new developments down there right. for the first time ever in history. Now, and I, I try to encourage, I said, look, man, we can all get back and buy pieces of, buy your grandma's house, buy your cousin's house. No, don't let it get into corporations' hands. And I was like, I got a lot of hate for that. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, but uh, but Dean, was, Dean yeah. was part of that. So he was part of that. So we interviewed him on there to get his perspective. Yeah. But uh, when I was down there, Dean, like I, I, I come to Puerto Rico, I, you know, a lot, but I'm usually in Yauco out in the country, but I haven't spent a lot of time in San Juan in maybe about 10 years, if, you know, a long time. So this is the, that was the first time I spent like a week there. There's a lot of anger there. I've never seen that much anger like Everywhere we walked with cameras, people were like running up to us, wanting us to do their interviews and angry, like down with the cap, uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the colonist. I mean, I, I was there for two or three years. I've never, I didn't hear that back then. Now I'm hearing it now, right? It's, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a weird time there, right? It's a lot. It's a lot because of just everything that's been going on with budget cuts in, of the university. You have Luma. You have so much that's been going on. And like, it's, it's like every day you wake up stressed, Get, oh, like me, like as oh, an activist and like getting involved with the politics here, it's just there's something new every single day, bro. And you said Luma, what, what's what's that? Oh, uh, Luma is the new po uh, power company that's been privatizing the energy of Puerto Rico, but they've been having a lot of um difficulties in the process because they've caused many, mm. many, many blackouts, and they were a U.S. Yeah. imposed electric company, and it was recently brought up that that company was like um uh the owner was getting paid way more than the brother should have and Every time, he, man. yeah Every and time and, and, and the way. staff was getting paid super less i was just mm. like this is exploitation mm. so yeah, even time, man. it's crazy man yeah mm. but yeah no to talk about that uh documentary it was a good experience overall and i i understand I understand like how it looks Armando because I, I see both sides and I'm just like there has to be an understanding in the middle bro and I feel like if there, you have you it's better to go in with a plan than to have no plan at all you exactly. know and and the name was aggressive and I did actually have aggressive. I had a couple friends that were just like yo he wants to buy back the island what are you doing <laughs> I'm just like no it's not like that oh, no. yeah, I gotta change it was like, we're encouraging even when I try to explain it to one of my friends too, I didn't even tell you. Like I try to explain it to my, I was like, no, it's about encouraging us to take back what's rightfully ours and how we can do it. And one of my other friends was just like, no, we don't. We're poor. We don't have enough money. And when people say like stuff like that, I'm just like, yo, that's the 
But I, I just don't like that. I don't like it's when... A, it, it's a fight, man. Like, uh, yeah. corporation, if you leave those... I'm telling you, you can see it happen already. They bought like 140 acres of the Yunke. A corporation yeah. did. Bro, that, that broke mean, my heart, man. I know. Seeing that, you know? I, I hated that. And, I, I, and then my friend really said, oh, Puerto Ricans are too poor. To, she was Puerto Rican, but she was saying, we're too poor to do this. I'm just like, bro, we've been in the U.S. for like 100 years. Not everybody's poor. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of us have our own money. We can do it. There's Everybody's ways to go around Orlando. it. Everybody's buying property in Orlando. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, you see Kissimmee, you could just buy a whole foot of, like, of acres and acres and acres. But we have the capability. We yeah. can do it. I don't want to, I like, I don't like hearing that. No, we can't. Listen, just like every other nationality, there's some poor and there's some rich. We can definitely contribute back to giving to the community, like how you gave the example with, um, is with, uh, Israel. Is Israel. Like, how everybody gives back to contributing to their nation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love to see that for Puerto Ricans to contribute to give back to Puerto Rico, you know? Exactly. I mean, it's very, <laughs> think about Israelites, uh, Jews all over, Jewish people all over the world. Israel is very important to them. And a lot of, a lot of them never even been there, but mm-hmm. his existence is a, is right. a fight and it's important. It right. has to exist. Like, and you can't, you know, and that land is important to them. Right. Everybody yeah. around the world contributes toward that cause in money or time or whatever. Where it's it's because of what it means to them, you know, and I feel um, for Puerto Ricans like diaspora like us, like we're, we're all diaspora, you know, we're, we're I'm from New York, you're from Tennessee. Um, and then Manny's from California, you know, like we have our own, we have our own history and there's but there's others that are just like us that want nothing to do with even looking at the island that probably visited the islands one once their whole life and then that's it, you know. Yeah. They, they they have no connection. They just lost the connection, and that's if not, I don't want to say the majority, but there's a lot that are like yeah. that. You know, they like yeah. what they know, and they know what they like. But like I said, and there's it, enough though to, to to make a lot, you know, positive change, man. I believe so. Change. I agree. I agree, and I feel like after the the summer 2019 process of getting rid of the government, that just was the prime example of what we can do. As a nation, you know, as an independent nation, I'm just saying. Hmm. Like I said, like right now, you look at the real estate in Puerto Rico. It's it's one. Uh, I think it's one fifth. It's the cheapest by a lot in all the Caribbean. I think if you compare it to like Virgin Islands and other U.S. owned Caribbean, it's like one fifth is cheap, right? So right. you you get to a decision like like let's say you can buy you can buy houses out in Yauco, you know, the south part of the island mm-hmm. that's like walking distance to the beach for sixty thousand dollars, you know, and there's nowhere in the world you could buy property that cheap that that close to the beach almost. It's almost nowhere. There's that like you know nice beaches like where you can actually swim in maybe a cliff or something, but I'm talking about like nice beaches. It's, yeah. it's, you can't find it anywhere in the world. So everywhere else in the Caribbean, it's way more expensive. Now, the thing about it is corporations are not stupid. They run their tests. They run their uh, an, a, analytics and they figure out, well, we can get Puerto Rico by large land and turn it into a resort island like in Cuba in, uh, in the 50s and 40s. Right. right. They, what, what the U.S. government did to Cuba is that that's one reason why Cuba rebelled and Fidel Castro rose the powers because they went down there, bought up all the good land and put resorts. Ameri- same thing is happening in Puerto Rico. Americans went down there, disrespected the people so bad for so many years that they rose up and got, they got angry and rose up. So the same thing it looks like it's happening in Puerto Rico. History repeats itself. Yes. So like I said, uh, the way that's kind of like what it, happened in, that's kind of like what happened in Hawaii, correct? Is, yeah, Hawaii never like did a rebellion. Hawaii, like Hawaii had its own issues because the way Hawaii was set up was that it had um it just had one big US military ship come in mm-hmm. and just 
was able to kick the queen and have forced her out of power of Hawaii. And um, that being said, that's how it was enough white uh, um, Hawaiians that were there before Hawaii became a state because they were colonizing it. Mm. And that's how they were able to turn Hawaii into a state because they forced statehood on Hawaii. And then but after doing so, removed the majority of Hawaiians' language by making it illegal to speak their native tongue and not their education that uh, was illegal to talk about. And then they were pushed onto reservations and then they were chipping away at those reservations because of the land. And eventually it ended up being a small part of native Hawaiians living on a reservation. And then the others that mm-hmm. are some what either dispersed from the reservation to live with the Americans. And now Hawaii is just um, another Puerto Rico, different Puerto Rico. If not like yeah, that's that's Puerto says- Rico can become Hawaii. And, uh, and like I said, the land prices go way up. People can't. I mean, it's better to own the land, you know, own the exactly. Own I, I agree. I that's and that's how that's how our, our you know our indigenous people, our ancestors thought. You know, like they believed that the land is the most valuable thing you have before before money was even a thing because they know that it was always territorial. It's their land that they're on, how they can use it, how yeah. how much how value it brings, and what they can contribute to it. You know how how it gives back to them. You know, and now that we have all these rich folks that, you know, are buying up all this land, like you have a whole another resort at a beautiful beach in Aguadilla being to- uh, built up. And it's going to be the Christopher Columbus resort. That's what I heard in Aguadilla. That's what I'm saying. That's what it's like, going to be called. That, that's, that's what they they might be going with. But that's what that's I'm saying, wild. man. It's like it's a lot of like, <laughs> that's you see it right now. Like mm, they're, they're going to displace, like it's almost like uh, I refer to it as like island-wide gentrification. That's like you know, like a neighborhood gets gentrified, it's the entire island. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's that's so, that's so, we have we have some stuff talking about like similar to that topic on the podcast. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm ask, curious. Go ahead, go ahead Armando. Go ahead. Now go ahead. Let me good, let's finish this topic. Then I want to ask him about some uh, some uh, TikTok stuff. Word. Okay, so we'll we'll get into that right after. So I'm curious, kind of staying on this topic, and from both of you guys' perspective, since Armando, you lived out there and you're currently living out there, Dean. What are some of the things that you think that the community needs? Like, what, what is it? Is it a mindset shift because you're talking to the young lady and she says we're too poor um, to be investing? Like, what is it? Do you think that the community needs to take that step forward? To you, you know what I'm saying? Take that step forward is what I'll say. It's definitely a, um, a change in the mindset, I would say. I would say it's definitely um, you need to switch the mindset of the people because now that there's so many that are, are instilled with what the idea of independence looked like because of the historic past, the, the tragedies that have happened. People had peaceful protests way back then, and they were shot up by U.S. police um, with like without even getting violent. You know, so now that it's, there's also the questions of education that comes along with that, because they believe that if USA goes, they're going to take all the money with them. And then there's a lot of people on welfare and they're going to be like, what happened to my welfare? They're going to be like, what happened to the money that I was earning? You know, there's a lot of education and misinformation that has been put out there because the U.S. also has hold on the education here in Puerto Rico, you know. And it's more like it's more like they're on the what they say is what they teach in school. So it's like we're barely even knowing our own history, you know. Mm. 
and that's crazy it's more like you're it's a it's a form of modern colonialism in the sense that you're now dependent on usa to learn about usa and Mm -hmm. it's almost like you have no belief in yourself you know i believe it comes to the education and having to change that mindset of who you are and what you're really capable of i personally believe so uh go ahead uh what do you go ahead and answer the question no i was gonna say i mean kind of transitioning a little bit um so that's where you come in and you got your platform and you're doing some education and whatnot um you know talked about what you want to what you hope to accomplish with your platform that you created over the years honestly i've always 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 like would love to down the road because i want to make sure that I still have, I can um, benefit from my social media platform, but I would love to take it to a program uh, either on television or, or something mm-hmm. like that, where I'm creating a show or a channel that's everything pro PR, you know, but also including whether that's culture, history, politics, current events, whatever, whatever, because I believe that there's a lot that, especially in the States, that don't know and that would like to know where this where this program or this show can bring the diaspora and the island together where not only are you learning about local history we're also learning about the diaspora history because we have our own history we're unique we have the young lords movement we have the movements that's changed everything in the united states we were the ones that paved the way for latinos in New York City. We were the first. We were the first to do that, you know? And now every other Latino had a little bit easier, respectfully, to say the least. They had a little easier to come into New York because we're Puerto Ricans already build their uh, spaces, created <clears throat> societies where it's a Latin, no, you it's okay to speak Spanish in New York, you know? Mm. Many, many years ago. Mm. So I feel like it goes hand in hand with the diaspora and the island coming together. Once we unite our peoples that are disconnected or that and want to reconnect and the islanders that don't know about the diaspora, we can become a very powerful movement. All right. I got a few questions and I guess we'll go ahead and end it up. Uh, but I'm going to ask you a question for people who want to build their Instagram pro. I'm sorry, their, their TikTok profiles. Uh, first, I got three questions for you. One is that have you, uh, what's the, when, when did you first realize you can monetize your platform or have you started doing it yet? Um, recently I started doing it recently. Well, how, I, did you, how did you first realize Did you get a message from somebody or you I start did. seeing your influence or how was it? I, I got a message from a company that I will keep uh hush hush because yeah, okay. I haven't announced <laughs> it fully yet, but I will say this, that I have a, gotten a message from a company that wanted me to, um, promote their brand. And they said, they asked me, they gave me a list of questions. Like, would you be interested? X, Y, Z. What are your rates? I never been asked that. What are my rates? <laughs> I was just like, oh, shoot. This is That's pretty a hard serious. question to ask, man. You don't know. I shot high. I shot high. Mm. I was worked? just like, bro, this company is, this is a legit company too. You know, wait, 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 so, wait. question. You don't have to okay. answer the amount, but okay. is it, is it at least four figures? I would say yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to ask well, nothing else, man. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is um, shout out to you for even shooting high because Typically, people that get asked that question on the first time, they're like, uh, $20. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They don't know yeah. what a price I, I'm not gonna lie. I was going to say like like $100. <laughs> I was going to say 100 And then I spoke to my aunt because my aunt works in, um, in Dow Jones in uh, Midtown Manhattan. And she was just like, Dean, this is a very well-known company. Yeah. 
she yeah. gave me my aunt. My, I'm not gonna lie, my aunt was my financial manager. She said, Dean, shoot high. And then I shot high. I just said a ridiculous, and then they met me in the middle. I said, Oh, word. You know what? You know what happens? And I talk about this a lot on my, you know, my platform is that it's because we see money is scarce. Right. So we feel like people don't have it. You know, like uh, nobody's gonna pay me over a thousand dollars for this because you feel like it's scarce. Corporations got a whole bank's full of money. It's nothing to them. You know, yeah. the difference between ten thousand and fifty thousand is like a drop in the bucket to them. That's nothing. Yeah. And it yeah. takes a it takes a while for you like. You guys are younger than me, but it took me a while to actually understand how abundant money was. No, you know, I, situations like that, that, that grows. And I mean, you're able to see that, you know, look, man, money's everywhere. These people will pay me a lot of money. I'm worth a lot of money, but, it, and I'm glad that you guys, you're moving towards that. Like with those kind of situations. Word. Yeah. If I, if I can add to that, one of like the biggest things I've learned in business is never count your customers' pockets. And that's something that we do a lot is we count their pockets. Like what Armando's saying, oh, I don't, I don't know if they could afford me. So I'm going to lower my prices down a little lower because I don't think they can afford it. And it comes from that mindset of being scarce. It comes from that mindset of like, I was in a position where I couldn't afford this. So I don't think they can afford it. So it's like this mental gymnastics. And really these people, like it, they're flowing with money. So, you know, yeah. we have to get out the mindset of, we're counting other people's pockets and we're concerned about if they could afford it. No, just to shoot your price. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. I feel like that was me when I was, I was thinking about, is it my pocket? I'm just like, mm. <laughs> this is an opportunity for me to get um a better car. Cause my, I'm going to see my car, my lemon that I have. So I'm definitely that, that, that agreement that I have coming up. That's going to get me a way better car. So that's go. good, man. That's good, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's a blessing. I'm mm -hmm. glad for that's you, a blessing. Man. Uh, Armando, you said you had like two more questions or another so, question. Okay. So the monetization and the second thing I want to ask is that, uh, as, uh so you learn how to monetize it, right? Somebody wrote three, so you start realizing, okay. So when did you like, did it, when was it like shocking to you to feel, realize the, 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 uh, the influence you had? Right. You people start writing you people start, you know, because a lot of a lot of us get that is that people write us and they tell us their stories or whatever. So how did you feel when you first started getting stories like that? How some people look up to you. Right. Some people, you yeah. know, they believe in you. And some people, they uh, they, they you know, they wake up every morning to see what Dean's doing. Right. And that that's the, gives them inspiration to go through their day. So how does that make you feel? Honestly, when folks DM me, because it's been happening more now than before where um i've inspired i'd even i, I think about it and i'm just like i get goosebumps because i didn't believe that i could really do that um there was a time yeah. when i first started moving to puerto rico I, I just moved here right picture that and i was like oh i would love to i would love to i would love to someday 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 now fast forward to today mm. so same people said I live here now. I've been here two weeks. I've been a month. I've been here three months. I've been here almost half a year because your story inspired me to just get up and go. And I was just like, Great, wow. Wow. Like I, I honestly, like that, that hit hard. That hit hard. I, I, I didn't think that those same people would actually do it because everybody says, Oh, maybe one day I'll do it. Maybe they one day, it, yeah. you know, they say it. And then those, but those are few, those few that I've, I watched their messages and DMS they really say, yo, I live here now. I, 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 I book a one-way ticket. I live here. I'm just like, wow. Like that, that, that was, it was at that moment more recently, I won't say within the past two months that that started happening that I was just like, wow, like I'm 
make an impact, you know, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I don't think I'll ever take that for granted, you know. And the last question I want to ask, because there's a lot of people, either for business reasons or personal reasons, they want to get to where you are. I mean, I got, I wish I had 800,000 on TikTok <laughs> I mean, verified. So like it talk to me, man. So what, what's, what, what can somebody do like, like yourself to get to that level? Like, is it, give me the number one thing you learned to build your followers and build that trust and, uh, you know, create a consistent follower growth. So what, just give me like, you know, it could be one or two things. I just want to know, give it, give us some sauce. They call it. So <laughs> give me some sauce. <laughs> I think, yes, definitely consistency, but also don't be afraid to go back to the books, you know, mm -hmm. um, in terms of maybe you learned something, but how true was that? And you read up on that and then you see, how can I bring this there? And then that's when you learn, you learn the facts, you, you, you know, you know what, you know, you bring your own sasson with it by being your unique self right? with yeah. it, you know, being your own flavorful self and how that looks on behind the camera. You know, how can you make that inform being informative, but also knowing what you're bringing to the table? You know, right. I yeah. am I'm I am me, but I'm also mm. like uh, I, I'm an educator in history or, or political uh, um, activism, however you want to call it. Mm. But and I want to know that mm, this is who I am. This is what I bring to my ta table. I know this has value. And if you'd like it, you like it. And if you don't, there's always somebody else that does, you know. And I feel like mm -hmm. when you know what you have to offer in terms of what's your talent or what you're really just really, really good at and how you can provide that to the world, you know. All right. That's well, good. well put, man. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, love that. like that, like that. Uh, Armando, any more questions? I don't have anything, man. Yep, yep. Well, it's been it's been a great conversation, man. We really appreciate you jumping on this podcast. Uh, we definitely got to do something in person in Puerto Rico. You know, with the, with a medalla or pina colada. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, too, yeah, man. We'll do it. Yeah, yeah we're, we're we're definitely gonna make that happen. Be on the lookout for that. Um, Man, one last question that we always ask our guests on the podcast is we always ask, who is one person that you feel needs to be on the Latin Wealth podcast? And the only rule is you have to know this person and you got to be able to hit them up and get them on here. For us. <laughs> it's the only rule. Oof. Who needs to be on the podcast? Oof. Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying to get the, uh, the Latin Wall Street people, man. Like, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, yeah, my, definitely this guy, no name Tony, <laughs> which happens to be my boss. <laughs> uh, Tony Delgado, I feel like he's definitely a guy that, um, I would love to see on this podcast. I, I would okay. definitely recommend we'll reach out to him next, cool, cool. Time, Only under your yeah, recommendation. We'll Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, with that being said, where can people reach out to you? Uh, people have been living under a rock. Where, where can they find your TikTok and whatnot? Oh yeah, definitely. I'll uh, find my TikTok at Dean Huertas. That's Dean D-E-A-N Huertas, like H-U-E-R-T-A-S. Dean Huertas. Awesome. 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 Uh, make sure you guys follow us at Latin Wealth on Instagram. Uh, share this podcast with one of your friends or family members that needs to hear this information. It was a really potent conversation. Loved it. Uh, with that being said, it's your boy, Chris. Catch you guys next week. Peace. See you guys next week.